Hello and welcome to episode number nine of a Tisket Tasket podcast. I'm your host Gina and today we're going to be talking about the ABC song or the alphabet song. Now to start off with, the alphabet song has no round folk song index number, so again I feel a little bereft on how to index it. However, to move on, I was originally going to include this song when I did my episode of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, which was episode number seven. If you haven't listened to it, please go ahead and do so. But as always, I was inundated with information and decided to make a separate episode for both. The reason why I was going to combine the two was because Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and the Alphabet Song, as well as Baba Black Sheep, all share the same melody. And that is Mozart's Avudere Jean Maman. If you'd like to know a little bit more about this melody and why it is so popular for nursery rhymes, please take a listen to the Baba Black Sheep episode. I have quite a bit of commentary on this. The Alphabet Song has a lot of information on it, and as we know it today, it was first published in 1835 in Boston under Charles Bradley. The musical arrangement for the original publication was written by Louise Lemaire. Now, before I get too far into this episode, I'd like to state, I believe that there has been some sort of alphabet rhyming song being taught or sung as far back as there been any sort of alphabet. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, a lot of these nursery rhymes are used to teach children and to teach children valuable lessons. And so it just makes sense to me that the basis of language, the the building blocks of language, would be one of the first things taught or sung to children. So I'm primarily going to talk today about the most modern version of the ABC song, but please note that there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of versions of this that I'm unaware of or just don't have time to talk about which, in my opinion, is pretty super cool to think about. So with that being said, there have been a lot of appearances in iterations of the Alphabet Song, and it is no wonder that it's made its way into popular culture and and pop music. And there are many versions of the song and many song artists that use it as the basis for new songs. First, I'd like to say that in the Canadian versions, or the UK versions, or in any country that speaks English but uses Z instead of Z. The song stays the same, except it just adds Z. I think there is a little bit of a different rhyming scheme right at the end, but primarily it's the same. Also, if you want, you can learn the alphabet backwards by singing the alphabet backwards to the tune of the song. It's the same, and you can apply the melody that way. But also, there are versions of the alphabet song in different languages using the same melody, including Maori, Hebrew, Japanese, Sanskrit, Chinese, and Korean Hanja, Hungarian, Russian, Adlam of West Africa and Cherokee. And of course, as I mentioned, there are pop songs or love songs that utilize the alphabet, including my favorite and the one I think of when I think of the alphabet song is the Jackson 5's ABC. Amanda Lear's alphabet, which is a very strange French-Canadian version. You'd take a listen to it if you want to have nightmares. There is a Lil Wayne version called Alphabet Expletive. It's very also very strange, and A, You're Adorable by Buddy K, Fred Y, Sidney Lippman, and later Perry Como. And I'm sure that there are more that I haven't mentioned, but those are the ones that I can think of than the ones that kind of popped up when I was doing my research. 
Further, I was searching the Library of Congress, as you know I do for this podcast, and I found a surprising number of audio recordings or audio versions of the Alphabet song, including the outro song that I'll play on this podcast called The Lumberjack's Alphabet, which was recorded in 1960 and uses the letters of the alphabet to teach about different aspects of the lumberjack's life. I don't think this was intended for children. This seemed to be more of like a shanty that one might sing if they were a lumberjack. There was also the Sailor's Alphabet that I found that was published in 1939, which was kind of, it it was very similar to the lumberjack one, and it teaches parts of the boats or parts of sailor's life. So again, I don't think intended for children, but it seemed like it was a song intended to sing as a group to maybe pass the time or to build camaraderie. I'll post both of my blog, and I highly recommend visiting the Library of Congress for any of your needs, first of all. But if you're interested in hearing more versions, including some really unique ones. Now, a text version I want to read for you today is from the book Songs and Ballads of the American Revolution, titled Alphabet for Little Masters and Misses. This is so cool. It was published in 1775 in the intro states... This production appeared in a ballad sheet in the early part of 1775 and was afterwards reprinted in the Constitutional Gazette with a slight abridgment in the text. Now, first I want to talk a little bit about this book that I found, The Songs and Ballads of the American Revolution. It was obviously meant as a propaganda publication. It was obviously meant to hype up the new country that was the United States of America and it in itself is a really awesome piece, and again, this is available to to peruse at your leisure. I'll post it on the blog. You can look at it at the Library of Congress. I think you can find it via Google Scholar. But if you're really interested in early American history or songs promoting America, this is something to really definitely check out because it shows the culture of 1775, and it shows the everyday life of kind of what we are teaching the new American children, essentially, or new American citizens. I found it really, really cool. And so I would like to read to you, again, the alphabet for little masters and misses that was featured in this book. So it goes, A stands for Americans who scorn to be slaves. B is for Boston, where fortitude their freedom saves. C stands for Congress, which the loyal will be free. D stands for defense against force and tyranny. Stand firmly, A and Z, we swear forever to be free. E stands for evils, which a civil war must bring. F stands for fate, dreadful to both people and king. G stands for George, may God give him wisdom and grace. H stands for hypocrite, who wears a double face. I is missing from this publication, I have no idea why. J stands for justice, which traitors in power defy. K stands for king, who should to such the axe apply. L stands for London, to its country ever true. M stands for Mansfield, who hath another view. N stands for North, who the house with mandate brings. O stands for Ulf, binding on subjects, not kings. P stands for people, who their freedom should defend. Q stands for care, when will England's trouble end? R stands for rebels, not at Boston, but at home. S stands for Stuart, sent by Whigs abroad to Rome. T stands for Tories, who may try to bring them back. V stands for villains, who have well deserved the rack. 
W stands for Wilkes, who us from Wart saved. Y for York the new, half corrupt, half enslaved. Z stands for zero, but means the Tory minions, who threatened us with fire and sword to bias our opinions. Stand firmly, A and Z, we swear forever to be free. Holy guacamole, there is so much to unpack here. I just absolutely love this piece. I mentioned my love for history previously, and I feel like an entire podcast episode could just be devoted to this to go through each one of these lines and unpack what exactly it means. If you'd like to see this poem, again, visit my blog and I'll have the PDF image available there. If you'd like to download the entire book, check out my reference section is available to download through the Library of Congress. But uh, I just love it. There's just so much in it I just want to talk about and I don't have time to do so. But moving on. There are older versions of the alphabet song, Opie and Opie, who I've chatted about frequently in this podcast, have a number of earlier versions of the ABC song. There were a few popular ones throughout English history. A was for apple pie was popular during the reign of Charles II between 1630 and 1685. It featured in Mary Cooper's 1743 spelling book, The Children's New Plaything, and was popular up until around the 1800s. It is said that the rhyme inspired the modern ABC song. And when I was doing research on just the general ABC song, this is the one that came up the most. So A is for apple pie. And I do encourage you to read it. You can find versions of it pretty much anywhere on the web. And again, it harkens back to what I was talking about in previous episodes where some of these nursery rhymes I wouldn't think would be fit for little kids. Like, I don't know if I would read this to a child that I had because I wouldn't think the subject matter would be for little ears. But these songs were and they were taught to little kids. And I think that's one of the really cool and interesting things about nursery rhymes is to think about what we think of as appropriate for children then as today. But moving on, Tommy Thumb's alphabet, and I believe this refers to Tommy Thumb's little songbook, which I've referenced before. It was published in 1744. So this version of the alphabet song appeared in the middle of the 1700s and is apparently still popular in the UK. If you're listening from the UK, let me know. I'm really interested to know if this is true. It also appeared in a little book for little children by T.W., published during the reign of Queen Anne, and that's 1665 to 1714. A version of the song was also published in Boston in 1761. In 1820, John Harris published The Hobby Horse, which had an illustrated version of this rhyme. And again, I looked everywhere for the illustrated version because I really love to see those old block prints for some of these nursery rhymes. They're absolutely beautiful and something we really don't see today in mass publication. And I just uh, really like to feature those on my blog. But you can see some of the illustrations that I've pulled up from other versions, again, on the blog. And yet another version appears in Mother Goose's Melody in 1765. And the OP stated that the rhyming alphabets were common in the 18th century. And uh, they go on to state that rhyming nursery rhymes that use this scheme of A is for blank, B is for blank, started to appear then. And if you YouTube ABC song, obviously you're going to come up with a million or so hits that use this kind of rhyming scheme. And it's not only to help teach children the ABCs, but also 
the start to spelling. So, okay, A is for apple, B is for bat, C is for cat. So it helps children learn to spell and to recognize these letters outside of just the song. So what have we learned today about the alphabet song? Well, first we've learned that it doesn't appear in the Round Folk Song Index number that just stymies Gina's brain. But we also learned that it shares the melody of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and Baba Black Sheep. I really wanted to recite all three poems at the same time with the same melody just to hear how it would sound. And I might still do so on the blog. Take a look if I do because it's just crazy to my brain to think that three such different nursery rhymes share the same melody. And if you're asking why that is, check out my Baba Black Sheep episode, which I think is episode number four, but I could be incorrect. We've also learned that the Alphabet Song as we know it today was first published in 1835 in Boston under Charles Bradley. And the musical arrangement from that version was was published by Louis Le Maire. And we also know that there are hundreds if not thousands iterations of the Alphabet Song or an Alphabet Poem. And I've listed a few including the Jackson 5 and Little Wayne and Perry Como but I'm sure you could come up with some yourself. I also talked a little bit about how the alphabet song was the basis for some shanties song, including the outro song, the lumberjack song, as well as a sailor's version called the sailor's alphabet. And I also read a super amazing version that appeared in 1775 about the American Revolution called Alphabet for Little Masters and Misses that talk about the history of the American Revolution. And finally, I talk a little bit about what scholars have said about the alphabet song, including Opie and Opie, that have talked about how there are other popular English versions, including A is for apple pie, the Tommy Thumbs alphabet, as well as uh, the hobby horse version and Mother Goose's Melody, all of which I've talked about previously on this podcast. But overall, the takeaway of this podcast episode is the alphabet song is probably as old as alphabets and there have been many many versions throughout history and it is designed to not only teach children letters but also to teach children history and to teach children how to start to recognize letters in words. I just a note from myself I honestly didn't think I would find a lot of research on the alphabet song but now that I've done this episode I I think that was kind of a silly idea on my part, just because, you know, as I've mentioned, the alphabet is so instrumental in children's learning, it only makes sense to me that it would feature so heavily in nursery rhymes. So I hope you learned something in today's podcast. I, again, am still blown away by the American Revolution one. I think it's just absolutely so extraordinary to learn about my country's history through an alphabet version. And let me know what your favorite version is or if your country has a different version of the alphabet song. Please take a look at my blog at autiskettasketpodcast.com for all of the goodies I've mentioned throughout this podcast. And email me and let me know what you think of this episode or all my other previous episodes at info at Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate your feedback and you guys listening to what I have to say each week. And next week, we'll take a look at another nursery rhyme. And as always, I look forward to looking at more of the weirdness of nursery rhymes. 
A is for X, twing, 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 through and fro. B is for boy that handles them so. C is for candles, the love we make spin. D is for danger that we're always in, and so merry, so merry, so merry are we. We are the boys when we're out on the spree. Sing hi, dairy, call dairy, hi, dairy, dumb. Give the lumberjacks whiskey and nothing goes wrong. E is for echo, it through the woods rang. And F is performing that pushes our gang. G is for grinding stone, the axes we ground. H is for handle that turns them around. And so merry, so merry, so merry are we. We are the boys when we're out on the spree. Sing hi, dairy, cold dairy, hi, dairy, dumb. Give the lumberjacks whiskey and nothing goes wrong. I is for ink with salt letters we wrote. And J is for jackets we wore for a coat. K is for kindling the fires we light. L is for lights and bothers by night and so merry. So merry, so merry are we. We are the boys when we're out on the spree. Sing hi, dairy, cold dairy, hi, dairy, dumb. Give the lumberjack whiskey and nothing goes wrong. M is for money, which everyone knows. And it's for needle that patches our clothes. Always for option the road we swamp through. And P is for fearless, which everyone chews. And so merry, so merry, so merry are we. We are the boys when we're out on the spree. Sing, sing, I dare dumb. Give the lumberjack whiskey and nothing goes wrong. You is for quiet when we are asleep. R is for rabbits which everyone needs. S is for slaves so stout and so strong. And T is for teams that tote them along. And so merry, so merry, so merry are we. We are the boys when we're out on the spree. Sing hi, dairy, cold dairy, hi, dairy, dumb. Give the lumberjack whiskey and nothing goes wrong. U is for youth, which we put ourselves to. V is for valley, we tramped it right through. W is for women when we're down in the spring. And triple leg beer is the best beer to drink. <laughs>